It's farmer's market season in Michigan's copper country. We hope you'll get out and support your local farmers this season. On Tuesdays, you can find open markets in Houghton and South Range. Wednesdays, you can shop in Launce or Chassel. Thursdays, you can find fresh food in Hancock and Copper Harbor. Friday, you can visit the market in Lake Linden. And on Saturdays, markets will be open in Calumet, Launce, and Mohawk. Visit phfgive.org food to find hours for each market. This PSA is sponsored by Portage Health Foundation. Once again, welcome to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can learn a lot about them at phfgive.org. Find out how they operate and the good things that they do in our community. The Rose Center has announced its schedule for the upcoming year. And when that came across my desk, the first thing I thought was, oh, good, another thing that's kind of back to normal. So I thought I would bring in Mary Jennings, who is the director of the Rose Center, to talk about what they have planned for the coming year and how they go about setting up that schedule. So Mary, welcome back to Copper Country today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's last year you did some things. Was it a full schedule last year yet? Um, it, we tried. We tried our best to have a full schedule. We had a couple things that had to be adjusted um, because we were certainly still returning to normal. Um, and so it was a it was an in-person season um, and we had a, a few online offerings last year as well. So not totally back to normal yet. Are we fully back to normal this year, or do we still have some concessions to the COVID-19 adventure? No, I'd, I'd like to think that we are, we are returning to what will be our, our new normal. Um, so we're back to programming. Uh, we're, we're in person again like we were last year, um, and we're excited to have another season to welcome folks back. Are there still going to be some restrictions, masking, uh, distancing, things of that nature? Um, not unless we have to. We, we're excited to return to um, what folks, I think, are most used to at our space, which you know is not, um, n- not requiring masking, not requiring distancing. Um, certainly, folks, if they prefer to mask, um, we're going to be a, a friendly environment for people who still want to be masked in public or have to be masked in public, um, but it won't be a requirement for attendance like it was for much of last year. And hopefully things will stay that way and things will stay relatively under control for the next uh, few months and years here. So when you go about putting together a schedule, and I, I should say that at this point we don't know what the full schedule of everything you guys are doing is going to be, but we have the the signature schedule, the presenting series that you call it, that you put together. When you start putting this together, what priorities do you bring to it, and how do you decide which performers you bring in? Well, that's a, that's a great question, um, and it's complicated and also probably one of the most fun parts of my job. Um, I have to say, having a background in the performing arts myself, um, getting an opportunity every year to sit down and think of what the season is going to be uh, is when I feel like I get to be my most creative. So our season, our calendar starts with um, our schedule. Like you would probably assume, it, it starts with just our weekends that we have available, um, working in collaboration with our faculty members in the Visual and Performing Arts Department and the, um, the season that they curate for us and the community every year. We know... Um, generally, when we have pockets open to try to bring these national and sometimes international tours in, um, and from there, we think about our audience. What are the types of shows that 
people want to see, that people ask for, what are the shows that people have come out for in the past. Um, and with that in mind, we try to put together a season that has a little bit of everything. So we know that we have an audience that loves to come out for classical ballet. That's always something that we're trying to put in the season, um, if not every year, every other year, because our audience really appreciates and comes out for those kind of shows. Um, we know that people want to come out to see comedy. So that's something that we prioritize putting in this, this season. And you'll see uh, Jay Jordan is early, early in our lineup. Um, he's a comedian who's made his rounds on kind of all the late night shows. And we're excited to start our year with something that feels really fun and upbeat. Um, and so, again, like I can kind of talk us through all the shows, but generally that's what we're thinking of. What do people really have, what have our, our folks liked in the past? Um, what do we want to add that might be new and exciting? Um, and this year we really focused a lot on like shows that are just going to make folks feel good. Uh, we want everyone to come out and to enjoy their time in the space. We want it to feel celebratory and, and joyful. Um, and so as we were looking at all of the shows uh, that were available to us in our area, um, or that would be touring and coming through the Midwest, we really were thinking about uh, programming a season that felt joyful. Is there an obligation that comes along with being associated with a university that you want to present certain things into a community as part of the overall goal of kind of educating the community about artistic options? Well, I think education is certainly something that is a part of a part of the, the you know, um, part of my thinking. But, uh, you know, I, I think for me, um, knowing that we are one of the largest venues in the Upper Peninsula, and if folks aren't coming to us to see a show or if a show's not available at our venue, um, it would take multiple hours of driving to get out of the UP, to get to a venue where, um, you know, our our campus community or our broader community would have access to see these kinds of shows again. So we, I'm really thinking about that uh, quite a bit as we program the season. You know, a lot of the shows that come to us are coming through um, the Green Bay area or they're coming from downstate. Um, and so if, if folks aren't seeing it at the Rosé, it would probably take a lot of time in a car, um, money, planning, hotels to, to get to these shows other places. And um, that definitely feels like a priority for us when we're programming. How do we make these great shows that might be happening other places? How do we bring them up to the Keweenaw? And then how do you juggle the opportunities that you have? Because we are, let's admit, not exactly on the entertainment circuit beaten path. And the Rosé, as you said, is, is a large auditorium for our area, a little over 1,000 seats. But it's not something that you can... You can't bring in a $50,000 act. Well, <laughs> I think you'd be surprised how much some of the shows that we bring in really do cost. I think a lot of folks would be surprised um, the amount of money and, and planning that it takes just to get even some of our smaller shows up here. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not cheap for artists to travel, to rehearse. Um, and, and so the price point of some of these shows might be surprising, but that's, um, that's, that's our job in the community. And, um, and so we don't shy away from bringing in those larger, 
ticket <laughs> shows um, on our end uh, for, for financial reasons alone. But um, I, I've got to say we rely heavily on the relationships we have with these artists um, long-standing relationships, if, even if you're not seeing a group come to the Rosé Center every single year, um, I'm having those conversations with, say, the Minnesota Ballet based out of Duluth um, that does the Nutcracker for us. They do the Nutcracker here every three years, um, but we're talking and we're on the phone every single year to try to make those shows continue to happen. Um, so those relationships are really important to making the, the tours happen, and I'd like to say that um, we're, we're starting to be on the radar uh, of some of these artists that are touring across the country. Even though we're so far out of the way, um, we've been working hard for years to, to bring in these phenomenal artists and work with people who are touring all over, and so they're starting to think of the Rosé Center as they're planning their, you know, their Midwest tours. Yeah, so if they're going to be in Lower Michigan, if they're going to be in Green Bay or, or Madison or, or Duluth or someplace like that, do you start to get a, call, a phone call for them saying, hey, could you work us in at some point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've got great relationships with venues across the state and across, across the Midwest. So if, uh, you know, if a, a venue down in Midland um, has a show coming and they think that we might like it. I'll just get a call from someone who's working down there saying, hey, have you thought about this? It's going to be in the area. Um, so this is an industry built on relationships, relationships with other folks in the performing arts scene um, across the Midwest with agents, with artists. And we're all talking to each other all the time to try to move the arts around um, our country. Really, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Talking with Mary Jennings, who is the director of the Rosé Center. They have announced their presenting series for the 2022-2023 season. You mentioned ticket prices a moment or, or so ago. Uh, I have observed in my years here in the Copper Country that ticket prices for events here tend still to be significantly less than comparable ticket prices for comparable shows in a place like Green Bay. We managed to keep those ticket prices pretty reasonable. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's really important to us um, to make sure that our our events are as accessible as possible to the folks in our community, whether that's a, a Michigan Tech student who can get into our events free with their experience tech fee um, or our community members who want to come to shows and don't have, you know, they're, they're making choices between lots of other things that they could be doing on a Friday and Saturday night. Um, we don't want ticket price to be getting in the way of folks making a decision to come out if they want to see a show at the Rosé Center. Are you under pressure to make money on each show, or does the university at some point say, well, okay, on the season it kind of balanced out, or is there an expectation that maybe you are subsidized a little bit by the school? Um, it's a little bit of both. I would, I would say the answer is kind of complicated, but it's a little bit of both. Um, we certainly can't be, you know, throwing money away. We're not in that kind of a position, um, you know, financially at the Rosé Center. And we have um, endowments that do support the cost of bringing the show in. Um, now, several, like so many of uh, other businesses in the area, um, I don't think folks want to listen on the radio to like how our budgets work. No, but, no, we don't um, need to deep. <laughs> we don't need to dive that deep. But uh, yeah, you know, just, just to to kind of get a feel for you know what uh, when when you bring somebody in, you're at least hoping to break even. 
Well, I think when we when we bring folks in, that ticket revenue goes to support the cost of the show, but it also is going to support um, the audience experience in general. Um, it's going to support the way that we um, are uh, greeting folks at the ticket office and our ticketing operations and how easy it is to buy a ticket online. It's supporting um, our concession stand. It's supporting the engagement events that we have um, with most of our shows. If you're coming into the lobby and um, there, you might see a display or you might see something that's interactive um, that you weren't expecting to see, and, and those things, those extra uh, experiences at the Rosé are all supported through our ticket our ticket revenue. Well, and you have used some of those spaces very creatively over the last few years. I've seen more shows, kind of intimate shows scheduled either in the lobby or in some cases right on the stage and the audience is sitting right up there with the performers. Yeah, our backstage shows, um, when we have the audience seated on the stage with the performers, there's, those are some of my favorites because you do get to get so close to the artists and um, it's a different kind of environment. Um, I, I talk a lot with my staff about how do we put these shows in their natural habitat, right? Like there are some shows like Hairspray that we have coming in in January where that show, you know, it's going to be the full stage. It's going to be big and exciting. It's a musical. Um, that's meant to be seen in that kind of proscenium theater setting where folks are sitting all the way up into the tier. Uh, but then other shows like some of our jazz shows or we've got a great family show coming in in March called Let's Eat um, where we want the audience to be close by and really feel like almost they're part of the show. And so in those cases, um, we'll put everybody right on stage together. Yeah, and I, I, I've performed in the lobby there at the Rose Center, did, uh, did a handbell performance several years ago for a, a Christmas concert, I think it was, or something like that, that uh, our handbell group down in the Lantz was part of. And, uh, and I, all of these ac- extra things that go on sometimes, they just add to the experience and make it more desirable, don't they? I, I really think so. Um, a goal that we have here is to kind of surprise and delight our audience. It's not just about the experience you have sitting in your seat in the theater watching a show. It's the experience that we can help to create um, from the moment you start thinking about getting ready for the show, um, that excitement that builds when you know that you're going to go, you know, have an event that you planned, you bought your tickets. Um, and so from the time you park your car, you're walking in, um, the first experience you have in the lobby greeting, you're being greeted by ushers. Um, and then the experience that you have walking out of the theater at the end of the night, all of that, we're thinking about, um, we're thinking about you, you know, our audience and the time that you spend and how can we add moments that are exceeding expectations. I like, too, the effort that is made to, on occasion, combine the visiting professional performers with some of our local performers, whether they be students at the university or uh, people within the community, maybe actors, maybe singers and musicians from the Keweenaw Symphony and the chorus, things of that nature. Is there a special challenge to putting all of that together? Um, well, certainly there are there are going to be more steps and more logistics to putting um, these groups together because they often don't have a lot of time to actually rehearse together. Um, if if anything, you know, they've got a couple days before a performance to to put the um, touring or visiting artists together with our local artists, whether they are Kiwanis Symphony Orchestra community and student members or 
uh, like we do with the Nutcracker, having um, dancers from the Superior School of Dance, so student dancers performing right alongside the professionals on the stage. Um, they're only getting two, maybe three days, if we're lucky, um, to rehearse together. So uh, I'm thankful for all of our community partners here in town who are eager and excited and open to working um, with our touring artists in these collaborations, and I'm really thankful for the work of our touring artists to be open to um, engaging with our community in such a meaningful way. Yeah, I was so jealous when you did Car- Carmina Burana last spring. I, I want to play with the KSO again. I want to play. <laughs> I've always wanted to do it. And now they're doing it, and I can't. I, I, I was. I'll confess that I had a little pang of jealousy. At that point, I really would have loved to have been involved in that. Let's talk about some of the things then that you have coming up this season, and then we'll talk about how people can get involved with these and the various types of ways that you can purchase tickets for a few or all or that kind of thing. Uh, let's, let's kind of run through them quickly. You start with a, a presentation. Who is Brian Smith? Uh, he's a photographer with National Geographic. So we have two um, National Geographic live speaker shows where um, these are folks who are touring the world um, with National Geographic, which is a, a company, a magazine that so many folks here in the Kiwana and, you know, around the country, it's a brand that folks are familiar with. Legendary. And yeah, legendary. Um, and, and, and generational too. I think that there are grandparents and their grandkids who are, who both grew up uh, with National Geographic magazines. And so it's, um, it's an important and meaningful, you know, organization to so many people. Um, and we're really excited to bring in two explorers this year, Brian Smith, uh, in, in September. And then at the end of the year, uh, bringing in Elise Carrera, uh, who also is a national geographic explorer. So those are going to be certainly visually wonderful, but I'm mm-hmm. sure filled with great information as well. You mentioned Jay yes, Jordan. Oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah, go Jay- ahead. Oh, I was just, <laughs> um, I'm so excited about all of our events. I kind of hop all over the place. Um, the National Geographic uh, Speaker Series, those are both, those are free for the community as well. Oh, wonderful. So that's open to everybody, yeah. Jay Jordan, the comedian, you mentioned him. He's well-traveled and very, very good. We'll be here on September 24th. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. Um, I, I always take it uh, as a sign when I'm sharing videos of potential shows with, with the office and um, how many laughs people are getting. And, and this was a comedian that I think he's up and coming. I think that we're going to see him um, in a lot of places over the next couple of years. And, and he's been on pretty much every late night show that you can think of. Um, so we're excited to, to bring him in early in the year again, a way to just start the season um, on a real high note, I think, with with laughs. Who doesn't want to laugh? Who doesn't want to go to a We all need right that these days. Is he family-friendly yeah. or more adult-oriented? Um, I would say, like, the teens in your life would be um, fine to see him. I'm not sure about, you know, a, a young kid's show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who is Samantha Eag? Egg? Samantha Eggie. Eggie, okay. Um, is uh, a female composer who has... Do, has been doing really incredible work, um, and we're excited to have her here. She'll be in residence with our um, music composition program for several days, and then um, there will be a, a, a concert and a lecture. So lots of opportunities to engage um, with her and her, her amazing work while she's here. What is Nayla Ansari's Movement of Joy? Yes, I Naila can read a lot Ansari. into that title. and. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so Naila is um, a dance artist based out of the Buffalo area. Um, and she is touring with a spoken word artist, Marquise uh, Burton, who together they've been kind of studying what joy is, where does it come from um, within their own community in Buffalo, but then also broadly. Uh, Nyla is faculty um, at a college out in Buffalo, and so this is part of her work there. So it's got, got an academic focus to it, but um, the show is going to be in our backstage setting. Um, it's a dance show uh, that has also um, live spoken word poetry so something probably that our community hasn't seen before, um, but again, it's just it's an exploration of joy through movement and spoken word poetry. Then the American Ballet Theater Studio Company will be here in late October, and then in very late October, we get to do the time warp again? That's right, that's right. So at the end of October, we really have two amazing shows. Um, our community comes out so strong for our annual Rocky Horror Picture Show Showing, And so we'll be doing that again uh, on Saturday, October 29th. And just a few days before that, American Ballet Theater Studio Company, these are um, the next generation of great American dancers. Uh, American Ballet Theater, based out of New York City, is arguably the premier company um, in, in the United States and, and also comparable to any of the best companies, ballet companies worldwide. And the studio company is made up of kind of their rising stars. Uh, and this will be an evening um, with a full cast of, of dancers from their studio company. And you mentioned Hairspray a few minutes ago. That'll be here in January. Uh, you've got a percussion group coming in in March. Um, and I do want to kind of move on quickly here because I want to find out from you how people can get tickets to these. I know you generally have some plans that people can buy into to save some money if they want to do a selection of these. So this year, um, tickets are going to go on sale August 15th for all of our shows um, because, uh, like you said, we're, we're not entirely back to normal yet. Um, we didn't put through uh, any ticket packages this year just because in the event that there are some COVID-related adjustments, ah, it yes. just makes it that much harder to be flexible once yep. we've, we have those kids. That was something that we started last year that we're continuing with this year but everything else about this year should feel as normal as possible um so tickets are going to go on sale on august 15th you can find tickets online at mtu.edu slash rose um, or by calling the rose office at uh 487-2858 and then of course filled in amongst these you're going to have a whole bunch of other activities many of which come from the uh, the arts department there at Michigan Tech, the Q&R Symphony performances will be there, the concert band, the, uh, the Superior Winds uh, will be performed, the jazz performances you mentioned. So those will all be added in at what point? Oh, well, we'll be able to announce those shows uh, within the next coming weeks. So before September, before our first shows, um, folks will be able to see the full lineup of things that are planned for the Rose Center this year. And I certainly recommend that uh, people try check those out. The, the student ensembles at Michigan Tech are, are very good 
And the Keweenaw Symphony, I had the privilege of playing with them for one season. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work with my get-up-at-midnight-every-morning schedule. But uh, very, very well done. And I, I know uh, Joel and I know Mike, who are, are the, the conductors, and they're excellent, excellent. They're, this is excellent music that's being produced and would certainly recommend that folks uh, find out when those concerts are. They're nominally priced and go in and enjoy those because there's a lot of work being put in by our kids and it's good stuff isn't it oh absolutely i think that if you've never been to um, a jazz show or a wind uh, wind symphony show or a q and a symphony orchestra concert um, you'd be blown away at the talent that is coming out of um, the department here the visual and performing arts department and many of those shows also um, have a live stream option online while you can come into the theater and be a part of the performance as an audience member um, if for whatever reason you can't make it uh, into the theater, you can also stream most of our uh, performances online. And so that's a really nice feature um, for our, the families of our students who live far away and they still want to be able to listen to their student perform. Or if you're local and you just can't quite make it um, here to the Rose Center for whatever reason, you can stream many of those shows online. And we should give a nod to Tech Theater as well, even though most of their productions are done um, on the other side of the building in the, the theater complex as opposed to the, the Rose Center. Yeah. But they do wonderful work and involve many of our local community performers That's as right. well. That's right. Mary Jennings, thank you so much for the update and looking forward to a great season at the Rose Center. And once again, what is the website that people can go to to find out more information about this? Thanks so much. It was it was great to be here and talking with you today. Um, go to mtu.edu slash rosé, R-O-Z-S-A, uh, to find tickets on sale starting August 15th. This is wonderful entertainment, and we are fortunate to have it in the Copper Country. There are a lot of people who live in communities like ours that never get to see this kind of thing. So please patronize if you can, and Copper Country Today will continue in a moment.